Thanks for tuning in to the Take My Portrait podcast. My name is Colby. And I'm Tyler. And this is a podcast about creativity, art, and our experiences with both. And uh, today, we are basically going to do just that. We're going to talk about um, my experience and Tyler's experience with uh, the arts, the creativity, and uh, moving forward with future podcasts, uh, explore that with other people. Uh, Tyler, how the hell are you? Doing great. It's great. I am too. I'm having a good day. I went to the pumpkin patch today. So did I. Yeah. Did you get a pumpkin? Yes. And did you not see it on the front porch? I didn't notice. Okay. <laughs> it's right. It's right by the door. Okay. <laughs> did you already carve it? No, no. I okay. just picked it up and, and dropped it off. I feel like it's too early to carve a pumpkin. It it would like die before Halloween. It yeah. It's pretty early. It yeah because it would just be mush yeah. by then. It's great. It could be like a horror effect though. Like look nasty on the porch for kids and have a bunch of bugs <laughs> and attract slugs. Exactly. <laughs> uh, well, one of the things that I thought we could talk about today on our uh, inaugural podcast, um, you know, you and I have been shooting a lot of film lately. Um, I have a Pentax 645 and you have a Mamiya 645. Yeah? Yes, Mamiya 645 Super. Ooh. No, I, I, I'm wrong. <laughs> Mamiya 645 Pro. I had the Super <laughs> for like a day and uh, I returned it. Okay, good. <laughs> had to clarify. <laughs> um, yeah, and, uh, you know, we've been... Exploring a lot when it comes to that, um, trying to dive deep in photography. And um, I guess a, a question I would have for you is, do you, and I, I have a personal answer for this, but I want to know yours. I, um, or do you feel that it has inspired you more creatively? And I think I know the answer to that. And then if so, elaborate on that a little bit. Sure. Shooting film has definitely been inspirational. Um, it's really, I think, cultivated more creativity from me in in regards to photography um whereas i think before when i was shooting mostly digital i mostly just you know would it was mostly treated digital cameras like a point and shoot and just like oh it did all the work for me Mm -hmm. whereas with film you kind of have to pre-visualize what you're going for and um of course you have the film suck that's going to going to impact the image as well but with film, I think um, just there's a lot more pre-visualization, pre-visualization and mm-hmm. thought beforehand going into the photo and what you want to get out of it. Whereas, like with digital, it could just be, oh, you know, like just point and shoot, it's right? Like, you know, going on a hike. Here's a here's the landscape. What do they call that? Spray and pray. Spray and pray. <laughs> Which I totally did at the weddings I was doing. <laughs> oh yeah, you have to yeah. at a wedding, kind of. I don't know. <laughs> I did two weddings. Um, as second shooters, and uh, that that was it. Mm. That was enough for me to know, like, oh, I thought maybe this was it was fun. It was fun to be in that environment. Yeah. But as far as like, you know, you you go and you have like fifteen hundred photos, and you're like, oh, yeah, I gotta edit all these and go through them. And it's just like, no. I did four weddings on my own, and I did one as a second shooter, and. It wasn't that I didn't enjoy them. I did, but I also knew that wasn't what I wanted to do. Like it was photos, so I appreciate that aspect of it. But the actual weddings themselves, I mean, bridezillas are a real thing. (laughs) Yeah. And I was fortunate enough where a lot of the people I shot with were friends, so I didn't deal with that too much. But um, yeah, 
there was uh, two weddings that weren't friends, and those ones, yeah. One of the bride was late, didn't show up until an hour after the wedding was supposed to start. What? Yes. How does that even <laughs> for happen? candle holders? For candle holders, they were looking for candle holders. I don't think that's true. I think she was like having second thoughts. Oh, okay. Not maybe not legit ones, but yeah, that was an interesting experience. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, with all that said, I agree. Uh, for me, film has been very um, motivational. I guess might be the word, or um, it's it's definitely like caused me to think about the photos I'm taking, and and pause and um, be very deliberate about how I'm framing something and before I push that button, you know, whereas again with digital spray and pray, you can just take as many photos as you want. It doesn't matter. You will never mess up. Yeah. Not but really. And with film though, you you have 36 or 15 or mm-hmm. or 12 or whatever amount of exposures you have on the roll, depending on what format you're using and you just, you don't waste them. Yeah. And it's more expensive. So Much. you don't want to just, you know, you're not like, I mean, with your digital camera, you can go and just take pictures of your family and, like, that's fine. It doesn't matter. You fill an SD yeah. card, right? Oh, yeah. But with film, like, you've spent money on that roll. You have to kind of decide, you know, do I want to take pictures of my family with this or do I want to use this for the mountains that I'm going to tomorrow or, you know, yeah, something else? Yeah, I think there's definitely a place for digital. Um, yeah. Especially, I mean, they're just, there just is. Um, but for creativity and for art in the sense, I think it's a, I think it's a lot more artistic using a film than it is using just a digital camera. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Especially for like, in terms of what I find motivation from most of the time, you know, it's a lot of older, older photos, like these famous photographers who have, you know, done these photo books or created these iconic images. None of them were digital, right? All these, all these very famous photos that we all look up to as photographers and just people in general, not, not a single one of them was taken on digital. It was all film. So I, I, not to say that there isn't some iconic images that have come out in the last 20 years that are digital, not saying that at all, but it's all the ones that we have grown up as photographers looking at going, man, that's a good image. That's, I want to do that. It's all film. Yeah. And frankly, those guys back in the day, I mean, I can't speak for everyone, but they were so talented because that was the standard, you know? Yeah. That's all they had. Right. And they really knew how like the film would respond to each situation and what lights to use and how to manipulate the lights to get what they want on the film. Right. Yeah. And that's, I mean, when I've been kind of like trying to find things that inspire me lately, I'm not just scrolling through Instagram looking for, you know, my favorite photographers, which I do that too. But I've been kind of looking into the standards of how these older photographers used to do it. You know, I don't know if you have ever looked into this, but uh, a lot of people know this, but uh, the original film photography was on wet plates. Hmm. So I don't know the technical specificities of this, so I'll try and be as generic as possible. Hopefully someone doesn't 
try to correct me on this because I don't know all of the stuff. But essentially, there's a a plate with some like I don't know if it's water or something on it, and that is how they would expose the the film. Like it literally, it was like a plate with some water in it or something, mm-hmm. and um, like those tin type photos. You know, like re- the really old ones that are like brown and their eyes look like they're Satan. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was those types of photos. And then Kodak came along and created the first actual like film mm-hmm. that wasn't wet. And they called it, um, I think they just called it dry film. They're like the world's first dry film. Wow. Yeah. Pretty interesting. I was just looking at that the other day and I thought that was interesting. Wow. Can you imagine if we still had to shoot film that was like wet? That's would be weird. <laughs> was this probably huge tunnel? Yeah, <laughs> the big hood. old fashioned metal lens with yeah a hood and all that. Yeah, I think that's the only reason that we were able to make film more accessible. Actually, was because um, they moved away. They were able to make it a dry process. Yeah, because back then it probably was like a very it was huge niche thing. It was like yeah. Oh, you're a photographer. You like right, but also like the actual film. I don't know exactly what it was, but it was they were like big. You know, they were like ten by elevens or something. I don't oh, know. Really? Yeah, like yeah. nine by eleven. So probably only the most famous, richest mm-hmm. people even had any sort of photographs. Yeah, but but I think you know going from that, you know, I think as a as a history, we've we've been recording how people for a long period of time I mean, before there was photogra- photography there was uh paintings mm-hmm. and people yeah. paintings of each other and oil paintings and to try to it's like hey this is this is your grandpa yeah you know, or great grandpa like to to maintain the uh, yeah them in the family i guess whenever i think of like like paintings as you're saying um i think of like the 1700s like american history you know, those iconic paintings of like George Washington, Mm -hmm. that was the, that was the photo of the day, you know, like that was the the portrait. Yeah. And those are so iconic now where we look at him. I can't picture that as a real human being, those paintings. Like Mm. it's hard for me to look at that and think of it as a photo, you know? Yeah. It looks not real to me, even though those were supposed to be like basically a photo. But it's really easy to still find inspiration from all those things because mm-hmm. you look at the way that, you know, photography has grown, honestly, just in the last hundred years. Mm-hmm. Like, let's go back to two, or, uh, 1990, or <laughs> 1919. Like, World War I was the first war that was like, well, no, so the Civil War was. But World War I was the first modern war that was photographed. Hmm. That's yeah. Right, so that's so pretty like, crazy. Yeah, when you think about that, is that is that about that's around the time that Leica started, right? Maybe right around that. They're in I think. Yeah, I don't know. Early 1900s, I think. Yeah, so I mean, you look at that. That was a clearly a turning point where photos were considered like important mm-hmm. because it was documenting something that was happening. Especially when you get around to like the 1940s, World War II, mm-hmm. like those photos coming back you know, yeah, very important. Yeah, I mean, so. people, yeah, it's what people did. They mm-hmm. went over there to, to, to take photos of the war. Yeah. 
And as a result of that, we got these famous photographers in the fifties, mm-hmm. you know, guys who were trained in the military to shoot photos or because of, you know, the war cameras became so popular that they were able to go out and shoot and yeah. buy cameras. It's mind blowing to me to think like <laughs> going over yeah. to shoot in the middle of a war. And that was like, your job. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm just, don't shoot me. I'm just here to take photos. Yeah. I know. Right. It's like, War was definitely, uh, I don't know if this is, I don't know if this is right, but I feel like war back then was a little more like, here's the rules and we play by them. Yeah. Like, oh, you're a photographer. Okay. We don't shoot the photographer. We shoot all these other guys. Yeah. But if it happens just to be in the way, we yeah. launched the bomb. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I feel like War Horse was a movie about that. Hmm. I could be wrong. Don't quote me. I'm yeah. wrong. <laughs> we'll we'll edit that out. Yeah. Um but yeah, I mean just going back to the whole central theme of this conversation, I I have been thinking about film as um something that's old, yes, and like this tradition of taking pictures, but also as something that is taking an uprising right now and I'm trying not to be on a bandwagon part of that. I'm trying to make mm. it way more important yeah. to me and i think right. i am i mean right. i've i've sold all my digital cameras other than my iphone and i'm only shooting on my medium format now one just because i really enjoy it two because it's challenging me and three because i think it's forcing me to rely on it in a way mm-hmm. that i need to right now yeah if that makes sense yeah i think it, there's a lot to be said to simplicity of a gear like when you just have one camera one lens and that's it yeah just create with that right mm-hmm. um yeah so yeah i I've, I've watched a lot of videos of other photographers who will go out and they'll they'll sort of joke about having a lot of cameras when they go out mm-hmm. so they'll have their 35 mil and then they'll have their medium format on the other arm, and then they'll have their iPhone, and then their digital camera, you know, their 5D in the bag, which they might not pull out, but they have it with them. Mm-hmm. And they'll almost ironically say, oh, man, can't go out with it without at least three cameras, you know? Wow. But it's also kind of true, because I, I feel like I don't want to miss a shot mm-hmm. when I have those other options, especially when I was a digital photographer and I had film cameras, because it was film was like, yeah, sort of a novelty. Like, mm-hmm. oh man, it'd be cool to get a film shot of this, right. even though I already got the digital. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm only shooting film, I'm not thinking about getting a digital, because mm-hmm. the film photos are going to be way more cool. Yeah, most of the time, if they turn out. Yeah. 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 I don't know. It's been something I've been thinking about quite a bit, and then just the hands-on process of like getting it developed, getting mm-hmm. it done. There's also something to be said with waiting, um, you know, with in today's culture of so being everything so instant. Hmm. Um, and I, we can talk about Instagram for a little bit, you know, we can get into Instagram later on this, but I have a thought with that. But within today's society, everything just seems super instant. Like everything you want it, you, you want to get it now. Right. And there's a lot to be said, I think with film in the sense that, you know, I have, probably 10 at least maybe 12 rolls 
in my fridge that are just there. They're not developed or anything. And I'm not necessarily rushed to get them developed because I don't feel rushed. Like the mm-hmm. image is made. I'm not concerned about it, you know, disappearing unless something crazy happened like a fire. Mm-hmm. But I think it's really cool uh, process to take a photo, know the image, and then also get it developed later and mm-hmm. then come back and see it and like, oh, I forgot, forgot about, about that. It. Yeah. Or a lot of times like you'll take a photo and not really think anything of it. And then you went thinking, oh, like, man, I got that photo, but eh, you know, it's probably okay. Mm-hmm. And then you get it developed and you get it back like two or three months later. You're like, wow. Like, yeah. I didn't expect this photo on this roll to be the one that I liked the most, but it's definitely the one that I liked the most. Yeah. Full transparency. Me and Tyler sat around and developed like four rolls of film yesterday, like with the intent of developing film for like hours. So it's fresh on our minds. But speaking of that exact same thing, like yesterday when I developed those roles, there was definitely a few photos where I was like, oh my God, I forgot I took this, you know, like the photo of the bee lady. Totally forgot about it. Oh yeah. Took this, took this photo of a lady who was in the back alleyway of like the houses we were shooting and she like invited us into her backyard and we're like, okay, that's weird, but sure. (laughs) Let's go into the backyard. She seemed friendly. She didn't seem threatening at all or anything. It was definitely random though. It was was not expecting it. Yeah. So we go in the backyard and she has bees. Like she's a beekeeper. I don't know. That's super random. (laughs) Yeah. But she was also really friendly. Yeah. She was super friendly. Very friendly. Ended up taking her picture. I haven't really looked at it yet. Um, cause I just developed the rolls and I still have to scan them, but I saw the picture on the roll and it looked pretty good. And it's kind of cool to have a picture of a total stranger who has granted you permission to do that. Yeah. And that's also, isn't that part of your project? Like, can you elaborate a little bit or is this? Yes. Uh, work in progress, but I'm working on a project in my local city. We're here in the city of Tacoma, Washington. And uh, I just kind of want to document all the things around me um, without going into too much detail, Um, whether it's people, places, um, probably more so places because around here, architecture and history is very iconic and something that anyone who lives here knows. Um, But yeah, this photo of this random person who lives in Tacoma, I'll probably add it as part of the project. And it honestly might have inspired more of the project too. So... More to come on that. I've reached out to a lot of people in the area and just like, hey, I want to take your picture. Not for any specific reason. I just want I just want your picture. Yeah. Just like quick portrait or photo. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. But it's great too. You can also get them in their element or in their environment where that they um typically reside in or, or work or something. Like it could be like your friend out in the studio or mm-hmm. something like that. I don't know. Yeah. But I mean, I, I definitely know a lot of interesting people in this city, too, that do, like, cool things. You know, like my friend who makes the bags. Um, definitely know a lot of photographers. That's that's not an issue. Yeah, I don't know. So with that all that said, though, we have, uh, what, probably, like, 15 more roles for me to develop. Oh, <laughs> probably at least. Um, <laughs> I know, like I said, I have probably eight rolls of 120 mm. and three rolls of 35, I think at least. Man. 
and I currently have two rolls of 120 in my film backs and uh, a roll of 35 in my 35 millimeter camera. Mm. Yeah, I have a few rolls of 35, but I haven't been shooting it hardly at all lately since I've got my Pentax. Well, you also didn't you sell your 35 millimeter I still, camera? I still have the camera. Oh, I sold, sold the lens. lens. Okay. Yeah. Side note: Anyone wants a Elon Seven? Let me know. <laughs> I'm trying to sell it. Um, but yeah, I there's something about that process though of of like developing the film that I have really like yesterday. I felt really good after all of that. I felt like I'd really accomplished something. Yeah, even though I didn't develop any of my photos, um, I still felt like I yeah. have them hanging upstairs, and I'm like, oh, I need to develop mine now. That's like that got me really excited again. <laughs> well, I mean, the develop stuff we have lasts forever, not forever, it lasts no. a long time. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> quite the opposite of lasting forever. Actually, yeah. it ex- <laughs> it has an expiration. Date yes, in a yeah fixed number of uses, it lasts but. a while. <laughs> That's funny. No, I probably just need to get my own because I have so many of my own to develop and more coming. So, yeah, more chemicals the better, honestly. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, because if I got these developed, even if like seven dollars a roll to develop, that's like almost a hundred bucks, which is insane. But yeah, it is spendy. Recently, I went to Vancouver when I um, I don't know, like two weeks ago, maybe Vancouver, Canada, Canada, not Washington. Canada, eh? Um, And I booked a couple shoots when I was up there. I booked three shoots. I was trying to book more, but... And, uh, man, I spent probably 150 bucks worth of film, maybe, for the whole trip. Wow. Yeah, it was expensive, but I kind of planned it. Like, I knew I was going to go and do that. But, um, yeah, I did these shoots, and I did maybe two either two or three rolls per shoot. And um, so now I have all those to develop, but I'm really psyched about it because I know at least a few of those photos are going to be really, really great, you know, and that's going to make me feel good to have those out there because it's like actual photo shoots shot on medium format film. Yeah. Just a little bit more unique, I guess. Yeah, what I think is cool too is if you say you have a roll, so 120, and it's 15 photos on your Pentax per roll, and you do like two rolls. If you had like 10 from each roll of like really just like money photos, Mm -hmm. that's a super good ratio. I think. Yeah, totally. You know, I mean, yeah. I, the first roll that I put through my, my Mia 645, um, pro. Uh, the first roll I put through, um, you know, I, I'd got the camera and I'd bought it online. So I wanted to make sure it worked. So I just threw, uh, some Ilford in there, HP five walked around and just, my goal was just to basically get it done. Like I did, I was like, I need to get this roll finished so I can go home. I have some Cinestill one-stop developer for black and white. And so I can develop it and make sure that the camera worked. And I did that. But out of those 15 photos, there are, are really only three that <laughs> I thought were like, oh, these are two of them are of the same thing. Right. <laughs> and the other <laughs> one is, is a little bit different. But the three 
and I posted them all on, on my Instagram, but yeah, those are the only three that I was like, oh yeah, these are, these are pretty good. One of them, I actually really liked the basketball hoop that I thought that was, I, I really liked how that one turned out. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. So I was like, well, whatever, you know, three of 15, it's not very good ratio, but yeah. it's just a quick roll. Yeah. It's all right. I mean, you probably weren't thinking you'd, you know, I fit, it's, it's weird. Cause when you take a photo, do you think this is going to be a good photo when you're actively taking it? Yes. There are times when I'm like, wow, like this is going to be good. Yeah. I really like this. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it could be the light. It could be just the subject that I'm taking, um, time of day, angle, everything. It's just like, Oh, I can just sometimes tell like, Oh, I'm really going to like this photo. I feel like for me personally, there are some photos that are like that for me too. Like I'll take it and go, Oh man, this is going to be so good. I can't wait. But then there are some where I'll take it and go, Ooh, I think that's going to be good. That, that could be, that could be really good. Yeah. There's definitely those times. I think the other day I went out, um, on a walk and I, um, I took a couple photos and I, this is on my, on my Fuji, um, XD3 digital camera. And I took a, I just was like, I'm not really going out with the intention to take photos, but, um, I just wanted to go on a walk, but I took a few photos and I didn't really think anything of them. And then I got back and I did a little bit of the editing on them and, uh, I was like, whoa, there's a couple there that I was really liked. I was, I, I was surprised, genuinely surprised. But did you post those on Instagram? Um, some in of your them. story, some of them, I think I saw them and they I, did look really good. Yeah, yeah. I probably put a couple on my story and one, um, I'm kind of back and forth with stories on Instagram and whether I put photos on there like all the time, mm. um, instead of posting them, you mean? Yeah, because I, I don't know if I should put them on my story and then post them later. But if I put them on my story, a lot of people have already seen them. Yes. So I've been just been more selective with what I'm putting on Instagram. It's really rare that I'll put something in my story that I'm going to post. Yeah, it's I think I put... Rare. That's what I'm doing more now is where I, my story is like, this is a good photo, I like it. But I'm doing stories. I'm posting the photos on my stories more of this moment in time. So it'd be something I shot on my iPhone or my Fuji X-T3. Like, hey, I was out on this walk, took this photo. That's, you know, this is a moment in time. This is happening now. Yeah. But um, the the feed is going to be more like, these are these are like my creative photos that I like. Yeah. I, I'm doing the same thing pretty much. I'm just sort of sharing like my day-to-day, usually from my iPhone, just, you know, quick photos here and there, but... Yeah. Most of my film stuff I'm not putting in my stories. And I feel like the it's good that we're talking about this too cuz social media right now when it comes to photos I feel like it's in a really interesting place. Yeah, I was hoping we could come to this point and yeah. talk about this. I I feel like if I'm looking at my own personal opinion on it, there is a resurgence of film photographers in the world but more specifically on Instagram. And maybe mm-hmm. it's because I'm focusing on it more. But it, it's like a lot of people coming out making amazing content. Yes. I've definitely... I mean, that, to me, Instagram is a terrible platform. Yes. To... <laughs> it, it's, not a, it's a terrible platform to, to really... 
I don't really know how to say it, but it's it's not a good platform to showcase your work, I guess. Yeah. That's a good good way to say it. Yeah. These little square boxes that don't really show the full photo and it's, you know... Compressed. Compressed quality and it's a social media network too, so not everyone's a photographer on there. Nope. Yeah. Not, ev- not everyone cares about photography on there either. Nope. So... So to me, what I think, what Instagram has become and what I think Instagram is best used for is, is, is an avenue to, um, to make connections, to be social, you know, to, that's what, like, that's what great about Instagram is the stories. Like, I love the stories part of Instagram and I like posting my photos too, because that's something I love. I want to show what I love. I want to show what I, I enjoy doing, but it's not the, the, you know, people are, as they're, you know, and I, I don't know this myself. I'm scrolling through my feed. It's like, oh, I see a great photo. That's awesome. Great. Double tap, like, move on. I spent maybe two seconds on looking at that photo and enjoying it. And I've been trying to go through and, and purposefully, if a photo catches my eye, I stop and I say, I'm going to spend 10 seconds, at least 10 seconds on this photo and just looking at it. What do I like about it? The composition or the lighting or whatever. Is there a certain subject in that, in that photo that I like? But most people scrolling through Instagram on their feed spend probably one, maybe two seconds on a photo, and then they move on. <laughs> uh, just got a text message. One second. I heard it. I don't know if it came through on your computer, though. It, it just sounded through our, our headphones. Oh, okay. Obviously, we'll cut this part out. phone's on silent yes okay so people are scrolling through instagram and they spend one to two seconds on your photo right and then that's it the photo doesn't mean anything more to them and they may never see it again and they'll probably never see it again they'll never think about it again doesn't matter Mm -hmm. okay but you know what if uh if it's inspiring enough for them what Instagram is good for is now they have an avenue to contact you mm-hmm. or, you know, you can have your website or something right. linked on there. And now they can say, oh, that's a great photo. I want more. Yeah. So it's just an avenue, right? Yeah. It's not necessarily a primary method of displaying your work. I think you have to have a website, right? Or um, some other form of access to your work as a photographer. Yeah, and I, side note, I don't think that's, in, this is inherently Instagram's fault either. You know, I feel like they have this platform and you can do with it what you want. But I completely agree with what you're saying. I think as a photographer, Instagram is a great place to share and that's about it. Yeah. And and it, it you share it for that day, really. That's what Instagram's for. You share photos for that day. When you post a photo... It's, it's probably not going to, like I said, it's not going to be seen again unless that person goes to your profile. It's not like that photo is going to show back up in their feed, you know? Right. And Instagram has done a little bit better job trying to, you know, they have like the memories feature where it'll mm. pull up, you know, photos you've posted. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. From like a yeah. year ago. That's cool. That's great. Um, it doesn't recycle it into the feed or anything like that. It's just in your story, but... Um, I, I feel like there is, 
maybe I'm giving someone a business idea here. I don't know. But I feel like there is an opportunity out there for someone to make not a social media platform necessarily, and maybe not even a thing, maybe not even a website, but a business model for photographers who have any sort of Instagram following that can share their work in a way that's more, I don't know, more like a gallery. Yeah. Well, I think it has to go, I think that's that's something that's great, that would be great to have, but I think also it should go beyond digital, something that's digital. I think there yeah. has to be, you know, somebody, some they can order prints, or what I've been thinking about too is just like going around and if somebody asks me like, oh, you're a, you know, a photographer, um, like, you know, and they want to see my photos, it's like, yeah, okay, yeah, you can check out my Instagram, but here, here are some photos that I have in my bag. Yeah. Why don't you take a look at them? And having a tangible, something tangible that they can actually hold and look at and go through, I think is a lot, you know. Yeah. It speaks a lot more that way. Yeah. I think there's definitely some, some room for new things to come in regards to that. Um, I don't know. It's kind of, it's kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I also, I mean, we did mention this briefly, but like the connection part of Instagram is in a lot of ways very alive and well though. And that is good. Yes. Um, and I think it's mostly because we all identify with each other and have some of the same problems, you know, like screw the algorithm. Right. Like, and, uh, you're Hashtag a fight the algorithm. Yeah, exactly. And you're a film photographer too. Oh, well we're instantly friends now. I don't care who you are. Right. I think the film community on Instagram is great. Yeah. It, it's, it's really interesting. Yeah. It's really strong there. For I sure. I honestly, there are two communities on, maybe three. There are three communities on the Instagram that I find to be the strongest. One is makeup. <laughs> okay. It's a strong community. I don't know personally how strong it is, but it is, it exists. Tell me more. Uh, I have a lot of friends who tell me about this all the time. I don't know details. So, um, the second one is fashion, specifically streetwear. Streetwear is yep. people, I think it uh, has a little bit to do with photography too, but being able to like share your, share your outfit or, you know, a lot of people are models on Instagram. They're sharing mm-hmm. the fashion sense. That's definitely really popular on Instagram. Um, and then the third one, of course, is um, not just photography, but film photography. Speaking mm-hmm. from personally here, I mean, I've connected at least in the last six months, probably three or four people, met two or three people who are actually like friends now, people that I would say are actually friends. That's great. Yeah. And, you know, that just continues to grow. I'll for sure have acquaintances and these are people that are going to inspire me and I feel like I can reach out to and just, you know, give compliments or ask questions and like, that's cool. And then there are people that I'll actually go and I'll shoot with, I'll walk around, I'll Mm -hmm. take pictures. And then there's the third bucket of like ultra popular film photographers, like people like Joe Greer Mm -hmm. or, uh, Wesley. Um, um, I mean, there's so many, what is it? Zach, the Zach, the Leon, is that how you, is that his handle? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's really good. Yeah. He's, he's amazing. I don't even know um, if that's how you pronounce that, but I'm not sure either. There's also, uh, but yeah, I mean, you have the ultra famous ones like that, that are so good 
<laughs> Wilhelm, Wilhelm Verbeek. That's oh. who I was thinking of, and I cannot remember her. I don't know why. Wilhelm Verbeek. He's, yeah, How did you forget? I have just no idea, but I know. He's, he's incredible. That's funny. Um, yeah, you have these ultra-famous dudes who are just regular guys that just happen to be very good at photography, you know, and have an eye that some people have, some people don't. Um, and even they mm-hmm. are so popular, you know, like for instance, Joe is shooting with people like Leon Bridges, you know, like That's famous amazing. people and they're still like reachable to an extent. Yeah. As long yeah. as they see your message. I mean, some of them get flooded in the DMS. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Joe Greer used to live in my hometown for a little bit and he went to college there in Spokane, Washington. Cool. I wish I would have been there and have been a photographer. I think at that time, I, when he was getting started there, I, I definitely, I don't think I even had a camera yet. Yeah. So iPhone. That was that yeah. era. Yep. That was a huge, huge iPhone. Yeah. Not literally huge. It was a small iPhone. <laughs> iPhone 4. <laughs> I had an iPhone 4 and then I got a 4S and I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, that was my first phone too. I'll be honest. Uh, you know, we're film photographers, but digital still has a place in our, even in my own life, uh, I shoot with my iPhone often and mm-hmm. the iPhone is like started me with, you know, cameras in general. So can't knock that too much. And it doesn't really matter what phone you have. If it's inspiring you to take pictures yes. then do it. Did you, so I have a question for you, Colby. Yes. When you were in like elementary, junior high, high school, were you, would you, have, would you say that you were a creative person? Did you um, gravitate towards art, um, whether it be drawings or or anything like that? Like what what was kind of how did that yeah. the creative part start in you with that? What's ironic is that, as far as I can remember, no, I had zero creative inclination. I had these small things that I wanted to do. Like I wanted to be able to draw. I would, I would try things. That's, that's what I did growing up. So I would try drawing and I, I watched Dragon Ball Z a lot, just like every young kid. So I would like trace Dragon Ball Z characters, you know, with like tracing paper. Okay. Yeah. And you know, that phase kind of went away and then I started playing guitar so I played guitar for like three years, four years, and I actually got like pretty decent. And then one day I was just like, I don't want to do this. And I stopped. And then I went into karate. I was like, okay, you know, screw guitar. I'm going to be a ninja, right? Nice. Did that for like three years. I got two belts below a black belt. No way. Dead serious. What? Yeah. You never, you've never mentioned anything like about this yes. before. Correction. It wasn't karate. It was taekwondo. There okay. is a massive difference, but it's the same thing concept of martial arts okay yeah. as far as like belts go like, yeah yeah okay it's still like the same type of thing in terms of belts um yeah had no idea yep yep i i was there and i could have like beat someone up i was really small but i knew some stuff um forgot all of that because i was really young um and then like you know i've just had these things where i've tried them and done them and felt like i was committed to them and never really did it and all my friends started shooting um, with iPhones. And then one of them was like, Oh, I'm going to ask for a camera for Christmas. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, Oh, well, you know, I, I had been shooting iPhone pictures with him too. And I was thinking to myself, well, I can't let him 
you know, one up me here. <laughs> we were both on the same page, but you know, if he gets a if he gets a real camera, well, you need a real. Yeah, camera. I need a real camera. So I, it's really funny thinking back on this, but I had zero inclination of being a photographer. I just enjoyed shooting photos on my iPhone, but I wow. I asked iPhone. yeah I asked for a camera for Christmas because I w- didn't want to feel left behind my friend. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So then I got it and I I felt like I was really good because I was like good on iPhone. Air quotes. I'm giving air quotes right now. I was good on iPhone. Uh I wasn't really at the time, but um I had this camera now and I just went out and shot and felt like I was a hot shot and you know, good photographer. I was total garbage. I was shooting an AV priority, which is fine. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that, but I didn't even know what AV stood for. I didn't even know what I was doing. I didn't know what aperture was. Do you remember what the camera was? Yeah, it was a Canon T4i. Wow. Yeah. I remember, I think actually you had that when I first met you. Yes, I did. I had it for a long time. Um, it was a great camera, actually. I mean, it was a crop sensor, which sucks, but you know, it was a good camera. It had a touchscreen and all that, so that was kind of cool. Um, kind of ahead of its time, actually. It had a touchscreen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I had no inclination to be a photographer, but there was a point where I started getting very popular on Instagram. Um, and that's not a brag. It's just, it's, I was just early on in the app and, um, I was doing mostly iPhone photos and then just, you know, started posting some DSLR shots too. And, um, as I was gaining popularity, I realized, you know, I'm shooting more, there's more of a demand, like people want to see my photos more. So it means something more to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when I started taking time. I mean, we were like, I don't know, 19 or 20, just going out maybe 20. Yeah. 19, 20. We were just going out yeah. with the intent of shooting. I mean, we would go on four hour car rides just to get like 10 shots wow. of this mountain, you know, like stupid stuff like that. But we were young we didn't care. And we just wanted to learn and grow and have quote unquote adventures, you know? Hmm. So, you know, one thing led to another and I, for some reason, out of all the things I've ever tried, photography is stuck. You know, I've definitely had ups and downs. I've had periods of time where I was like, I don't want to do this at all anymore. I'm done with this, you know, can't make a business or I don't want to be a wedding photographer. So there's no point, you know, stuff like that. (laughs) Things that really don't, shouldn't matter on a creative field. Mm -hmm. Um, Even if you don't make a, a dime doing what you love, you should still do it because it's what you love, right? Yeah. And I think when you are doing what you love to do, then I guess the money thing won't matter. That's part of the reward. Yeah. Well, that's neat. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do remember you have that, I had that T4i. That was before I got, I the first camera, I, well, I had my iPhone, right? I had iPhone 4. What did you have? What was your first camera? Was it a 6D? That was the 6D. Really? Yeah. Canon 6D. was my first camera. I thought you had something before that. Nope. That's what I asked for for my college graduation. I remember. And my fa- all my my whole family all chipped in to get it. Super right. blessed. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, I had a, had a 6D. Didn't really know anything. Didn't know the difference between crop sensor and full frame. But I just remember you said that's the one to yeah. get because it's a full frame. Yes. And I'm glad you got in it. In your price, <laughs> it's in your price range. So, yes. um, it's a great camera. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was. It was. Um, I actually sold it and then kind of. Thought, hmm, 
Maybe I shouldn't have sold that. <laughs> yeah. But that was before I started shooting film. Yeah. But, and I was also doing, the reason I sold it because I was doing, starting to get into video a lot and uh, it didn't really have the best video features. So I sold it for an ADD. But, yeah. And sold that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I, one thing I will say just about all of, you know, that, that story, like my journey, I've always felt a little depressed about it because I'll listen to these other photographers talk about their journeys and they're like, oh, I picked up my first camera when I was four. And, you know, I started shooting film when I was 12. I had an old camera from my grandpa. Right. And I'm like, I had none of that. And I really wish I did to an extent. Mm. Not that I think it would make me like more of a skilled photographer. Maybe it would. I don't know. But at least it would make me feel like I'm not just bandwagoning, you know. I've, I've been doing mm. it long enough now where I, I'm not, like I'm confident in that, but... There's, an, there's still a little bit, a little voice in the back of my head that's like, you just jumped on this bandwagon. Yeah, uh, I don't I don't sense that from you. Yep. I mean... It's a little voice. It's a little one. A little tiny man that sits on my shoulder. <laughs> yeah. You're just a bandwagoner. Yeah. You're just a bandwagoner. Exactly. And he looks like a troll. Ooh. Not like a troll, like a beast, but like an internet troll. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for the clarification. Yeah. Yeah. So actually, that you mentioned that. Now that you mentioned that, I was thinking back, and um, I think I actually had a point-and-shoot camera when I was, like, in middle school, early high school. I don't know. I don't remember if it was mine or if it was just my mom's, and I always liked to use it. Yeah. But I think I did remember using it. I definitely had some point-and-shoots growing up. I had a Canon one that was... At the time, it was supposed to be like pretty decent. I don't know, but that, I mean, there was no good point and shoot. Like the point and shoot era <laughs> came and went so quick because the iPhone took over the market. Yeah, that that's true. All point and shoots are bad. Digital point and shoots. Now there's a bunch that are great. Yeah, they're starting. I mean, they're they're definitely people use them for vlogging, and that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and old people use yeah. it for taking pictures. Right. <laughs> That's not a diss. It's just it's, that's just, that's a statistic <laughs> that I just made up. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I I had a few like that too. I had a um, I got really into video. I wanted to be YouTube famous. Mm. I wish I'd have stuck with it. Yeah. Because this was early on in YouTube. Like yeah. I I could have been YouTube famous. Yeah. And man, I mean that's a way to make money. Yeah. I wish I would have <laughs> had a YouTube a long time ago. Yeah. But. Fun fact, I had a video on my YouTube channel when I was younger, and it was a video of my cousin and my dog, and my cousin was like, like, let the dog lick her, like her tongue. <laughs> like, she went to give the dog a kiss, and the That's dog... gross. It is really gross. The video had 400,000 views on YouTube. What? Mm-hmm. 400,000 views. Of course, you probably had like five subscribers, so... Yeah, something like that. But that was before they did their their limit thing. You have to have a thousand subscribers before you can monetize your channel. Oh yeah. I don't even think they had monetization back then. Oh wow. Yeah. So I had four hundred thousand views on this one video and then any other video on my channel had like ten views. <laughs> yeah, I think it was mostly like creepy people who were watching the video too. Yeah. So. People just thought it was hilarious. Yeah. I don't know. 
yeah, with all that said, I think it's probably a good place for us to wrap. Uh, Tyler, if people wanted to find your work, where could they do that? Yeah, so currently right now I'm just on Instagram. I'm still working on getting the website and everything, but you can find me. My uh, Instagram handle is just my part of my first name, Ty, T-Y. Trudeau, last name, T-R-U-D-E-A-U. Like the Canada Prime Minister. Yes. So Ty, Prime Minister. French, yep. Cool. Trudeau, Ty Trudeau. And mine is uh, Colby.Shank. It's a hard name to spell. C-O-L-B-Y period S-C-H-E-N-C-K. Also only on Instagram. Um, Yeah. Oh, For um, for this podcast, we're going to be on Instagram, right? Yeah. We're going to make an Instagram podcast, so we will have to probably make, record that and put it in later, maybe? I don't nah. know. Nah, we'll just leave this in. Okay. <laughs> but we do have a website. Yeah. Something to come. Not yet. Okay. We'll have a website and a podcast, or a, a website and Instagram <laughs> for this podcast. We're real roughing it here, and that's okay. First one. Here we are. Yep. Um, also, uh, something to note, this podcast, although we talked a lot about photography today, um, and we mentioned this briefly before, too. Um, as we invite future guests on, um, we're going to be talking to all sorts of people, all sorts of things, uh, graphic design artists, musicians, uh, anyone who has a creative element in their life that we feel would be enjoyable to talk to. So excellent. Yeah. Leave us a review, subscribe and, uh, stay tuned for the next one. Mm -hmm.